this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to Reality TV Rehap Ups for Season 9, Episode 6 for The Amazing Race Canada. It's me, Jessica Lees, and let me tell you, I do not appreciate this Amazing Race Canada, especially because one of the other shows that I have to do a podcast about is Star Trek Strange New World 2, which similarly did us dirty. So I'm just going to throw this out there. If Amazing Race Canada comes back next week with a musical episode, we're done. That's just more than one human should have to bear from two different shows that she is compelled to watch in one week. So I guess it was a little more than a week. Don't at me. But I'm ready to talk about everything that happened this episode. We're ready to put together all the separate pieces of what went on here. But then, of course, the instructions say we got to take it all apart again. So let me bring in my co-host. Hello, Dan Heaton. Hi, Jess. Um, I would like to use my assist by Desjardins. So I'm going to step aside and you're going to do the podcast. Um, that's an assist, not an, an express pass, my dude. So you have to do at least half of the podcast. Oh, well, then it's like normal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like normal. It's useless. <laughs> this, I, hey, oh. You get to do half the podcast already. Um, you know, if you were doing a podcast with Mike Bloom, you get to do like a quarter of the podcast. So that is true. Yeah. So Maybe I that's what the assist is for the podcast. <laughs> like you turn in the assist and then Mike Bloom steps in and he's your co-host. 
and here's Mike right now. No, <laughs> he's not actually here. No, he's I wasn't going to do a Mike Bloom invitation. I oh my god, that's Bloom. Mike Bloom's music. <laughs> here he comes. But um, yes, yeah, so when we started tonight, when the episode started, I decided I had to make myself a little table because we have you know six teams, Jess, and it's like it's like one of those logic puzzles. Okay, two teams express pass plus assist. One team, just an express pass. Two teams have assists. One team, nothing. Nothing at all. And all these things don't really matter. They don't really matter. But we kind of guessed that last week. But it did lead to, I mean, a lot of things. A lot of handing out cards and stepping away and a lot of Desjardins. So, hey, it was good. Hey, Desjardins got their money's worth this episode. And we can't be mad at that. (laughs) They're done, though. Except for all the commercials with John. But the chocolate and everything they're done yeah well i mean maybe maybe they'll make enough money off of this exposure to afford some good sound mixing for their commercials next year we can always hope so you never know yeah you never know so anyway we are talking about this week we are in the niagara on the lake area in ontario this is this is haley strong country actually um friend of the podcast and Rob has podcast podcast family member Haley Strong is specifically she she messaged us actually to let us know that her hometown of Welland was going to be featured and of course this was the location of the rowing challenge so we'll get into that a little bit later on but we might as well start up at the top of the episode um so I think Dan we want to talk a little bit first about some of the team dynamics that are happening here because i thought this was like ben and anwar's coming out party dan did you know there was a team called ben and anwar this season you know it's funny because you know i originally before the season started watched the videos and thought ben and anwar that could be a good team and then the first episode they didn't really appear and they weren't i was like oh no i'm not going to draft them that's not going to happen and then they just kind of drifted around and then i had this thought i was like are they getting eliminated because all of a sudden we're just seeing them everywhere and they're talking strategy and they're talking to Durple and, you know, like everyone, mm-hmm. you know, we'll get to it in a minute. I have some feelings there, but, um, but Ben and Anwar, you know, they made the move last week because they have, they arrived at the board with Gracie and Lily and that came up and everything else. But um, the show seemed really invested in whether or not they got on the podium. And we have seen that before. They keep talking about it. And really invested in everything they did this week. Now, how much should we read into this? I'm not sure. But yeah, they're making alliances with Tyler and Kayleen. And the show also was very invested. And when that, oh my gosh, it broke up at the end. What was going to happen? There's just a lot of Ben and Anwar. And um, I don't know what to think, Jess. Yeah, I'm not sure, Dan. I mean, I have my thoughts on what exactly is going on at the end of this episode. But you know, when you get a visibility spike like that, it usually means one of two things. It means you're going to win the leg or it means you're going to get eliminated. And I think in this case, a case could be made for, oh, Ben and Anwar actually did something last leg. So we have to talk about the fallout from that. So we give them a little visibility spike for that. And then I feel like this is probably not the biggest meal you can make out of Amazing race content, but maybe this was all there was this week was this is their story. They've never won second place before. And this week they did it. So um, good for them. 
finished in the top 33%. And maybe this is just the, maybe this is just, they finally figured it out. This is the episode where everything falls into place. And now Ben and Anwar are going to be the stars of the show for the rest of the season. Anything is possible, Dan. Uh, well, do you think we're going to see a lot more of them or maybe do you think next week is it? Well, if you think about their placements, you have a good point. I mean, they finished eighth, fifth, seventh, sixth, fifth, and second. So they haven't really been in serious danger of being eliminated. Even that eighth. I mean, there's, that was, we had, you know, Ali and Eddie and Gil and Giselle both mm-hmm. really struggling. And so they haven't really been in that much danger. And when they were seventh, you had Jermaine and Justin falling apart. So maybe we're, we just didn't see them because they were in that zone of they're not huge characters. They're not finishing first. They're not finishing last. And now, like you said, they got second. Of course, they got second while using the express pass and the assist. So I know they were very proud of themselves. Like, we really did it. And granted, so did Ty and Cat, who got first. But I don't know. I wonder now, yeah, if this is their big push to a dramatic fifth-place finish. That's what I'm still thinking. You know, it's not... It, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Because I, I, this is the team. There's always a team. Every season of The Amazing Race, there is a team where... You are listing off, okay, who is left? And you list everybody off. And then it's like, there's one more, though. I thought they said there were six left. Who is the last person there? And it's been an Anwar. It's been them every week. I can name every team that's left except them, and they're the last one that I think of. And I think maybe after this week, it would be different. I think they are now, there's fewer people left in the race now so we can spend more time with all of them but they've really kind of made their mark i thought they were very funny this leg they had a couple of really great quips i love them talking about the wine as they were rolling into the wine task (laughs) and i love that suddenly it's like everybody else in the race remembered they were there too it's like oh those guys did a thing we could partner up with them also very sad that Durple's only friends were gracie and lily who really kind of didn't like them you know, I have to say it because we did see, um, I know we're jumping around, but Devin apparently really likes to pick on Derek and just kept telling him how good a job he was doing. But Jess, <laughs> I feel bad for them. I'm kind of rooting for them a little bit for Derek and Jess. Oh, no. I have to say, oh, I'm not no. saying, I, I don't know. Again, it's not at the expense. I mean, of Devin or anyone else, but. I don't know. The show, I feel like the odds are against them now. They got that little underdog thing going. Even when they kept falling into the water, I was like, this is kind of entertaining. So, I mean, oh, I hate to say it, but I'm kind of feeling that way, Jess. Oh, well, they dropped the facade a little bit. They weren't really, I think they had so much going on this leg. There were so many tasks that were such a challenge that they were stuck in this mode of having to actually focus more on the tasks than on being big characters. So they were kind of out of performance mode a little bit and a little bit more into competitive mode. And I think that actually did them a lot of favors, but yeah, I can see where they're now in the underdog slot and you feel a little bit sorry for them that people tend not to want to work with them. And I thought it was fun. The rowing task, yeah, arguably it is a task that could be done anywhere, but it was fun to watch them master it, um, for sure. And we'll get to that in a minute. But okay, I'll give you that. You can root for them. But if they bit. come back next week in full, like, 
Jet and Dave plus Mickey and Pete plus Team Giver mode, then, you know, you are dead to me. <laughs> no, right now it's just, um, you know, you got a lot of really nice teams. I mean, I'm just thinking more, even them are kind of strong. You got a lot of nice teams and not that they're not nice. They're going to ask Paul, but they're just of a different mold in a little way that, yeah. and I don't know. And even Gracie and Lily kind of brought their own energy and they're gone. So I was just like, and plus I think Derek and Jessica were struggling a lot. So I was like, oh, people just, you know, I feel kind of bad, you know, that be nice to those guys. They're, they're not good with the wine, you know, but I know, like you mentioned a lot of tasks. I mean, come on. There's so many, just two roadblocks, a detour, other things. And at the end, like, we're going to make them do more things. I was like, my goodness, Amazing Race Canada is just like, has like, um, very limited attention span. We just got to go on to the next thing. Yeah, my, but the world is full of things, Dan. I, yeah, but it's great. You know, this is the thing we love about Amazing Race Canada. Like, I give me, give me five B plus tasks in a leg over two a minus tasks in an amazing race us leg i want more like give me more input like put it all in my face i want i want everybody to be doing something different and me having to work a little bit harder to figure out well which one was the detour and which one was the roadblock and which one didn't actually count as a thing and plus in between those tasks you have them visiting sites and you know, learning some of the significance of the area, I thought they managed to really capture all kinds of moods this week. You had some exciting moments of competition. You had some genuinely funny moments. You had really frustrating emotional moments. Maybe one of the most emotional encounters I've seen on Amazing Race Canada. And you get some real gravitas here when they stop in St. Catharines at the Salem Chapel. So. I feel like we really got a little, this is like a smorgasbord of Amazing Race this episode. I'm not mad at it. No, I'm not either. And I think, too, making them do so much, and with only six teams, I think, like we talk about, this middle of the race time, where there's there's enough, where there were stretches, where I think there were three different tasks. Like, teams were, you know, we had teams doing, getting to the wine and doing the, you know, the other roadblock forgetting the name of the device not the tractor (laughs) and then you had teams still finishing up the detour and it's like this is what i want they're all over the place they're driving they're getting stopped at roadblocks if they were detours i don't know getting stopped by the bridge again they're doing different things oh but yeah just not to jump ahead of it though i thought it was nice to stop at st Catharines because it had a connection with harry tubman and just have that nice moment with Doreen and Justin where they asked the woman at the church and she said she was an ancestor of a minister at the time. And and the show just, they hit the beat. And I was like, oh, this is really nice. I mean, it's always a little awkward then to go from that beat to, and now do a roadblock at a car factory. But they did it as well as they could, I thought. It was handled pretty well. Yeah, I thought it was, they gave it just the right amount of of time. And I think, We also have to take a moment to shout out the encounter that Devin and Amanda had in the airport, um, which I thought was really beautiful. Uh, And in fact, the locals, I would say across the board, really the stars of this episode. But we meet a local woman who is really excited to see a First Nations team in the Amazing Race. And uh, it turns out that um, thanks to AM on Twitter, 
um, who identified this person as Monique Gray Smith, who is an award-winning author. So someone of some renown. And so that's just, that's kind of fun that um, she runs into them and realizes that they're running the amazing race and that they're going to be representing um, indigenous people in Canada. And I think Canada has done a great job over the years of with their diversity. And I think it's fun to see people kind of breaking the fourth wall in this and reacting to amazing race, Canada being a TV show, which amazing race us would never, you never see someone just walk up to a team and like acknowledge the fact that they're on the amazing race. So I thought that was, that was really great. And I feel like we're getting a little bit more of Devin and Amanda as well. I would not, I, I would not be mad at them getting into the finals and being sort of the, the dark horse candidate to win it all. I think they're really a great team. I love their dynamic. I love the way they work together. And, you know, I love to see that all across the board. Yeah, it was a really nice moment. And yeah, like you said, if it was Amazing Race US, it would be like, um, we're just traveling. Um, we're, we're, we're doing some sort of fun race. Um, what, you know, cause they, they have sort of rules for that. But why? I mean, because it's not this way. It's a TV show. People know Canada's favorite summertime adventure, you know, but just to have that recognition, because we've heard them talk about First Nations and their background, but to have somebody who's, like you said, an author who's, you know, really involved in the community to come up to them and just be so emotional about it with them. It was it was cool. And like you said, with that, with them, you know, we (laughs) we didn't. They didn't do much in the first episode or so, but, you know, um, he's, they're both cool. And like you said, their relationship is fun. You know, I've been, been watching, you know, Tori has been on uh, challenge USA this season. So, you know, they're just <laughs> like Jordan and Tori. Well, they're not because they're no longer <laughs> together and have been together for a little while, but just in general, I even think that's funny. The fact that he chose that, but he's, he's kind of a silly, he's sillier than I thought. And just really always pumping himself up. But then you saw, in the roadblock where him and, um, and Ty work together and you're like, you know, kind of the opposite of Durbol, but you're like, you know, teams like these, these guys, these guys are getting along. They're getting along off camera. So that almost indicates like, Oh, there are people that everyone likes. And, um, that's why they help each other on various legs like they're doing. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, Dan, because I think, I think there's, liking another team and then there's like actively helping another team and working with them like you can i think everybody's pretty collegial in general but i think we saw a lot more of teams collaborating and working together on this and i think because everybody was in such close quarters this whole time i think that contributed a lot to the using up of the express passes and the assists because it was like you're watching what everybody else is doing and it's like even you see a team drop the express pass and move on and shout out advice to another team on their way out the door. I thought that was really, you saw a lot more of what they were doing, affecting each other a lot more this week. Yeah. And especially as we, as we move into the roadblock that um, you saw it right there where all the teams are kind of hanging out watching their partners where they had to assemble and disassemble or dismantle mm-hmm. if you're Devin um, this, this eight cylinder engine. And it's not only the fact that they weren't figuring it out, 
you know, this is one of those tasks where there's one thing that the show goes, they're all going to miss that. I think, though, disassemble is kind of important. There's only two steps, and that's step two. But in general, I think that um, you saw the teams talking to each other and kind of like, oh, oh no, they're struggling. Not as much early on with Power Kayleen, but some of the other teams. And you're like, this cast, you know, nobody's freaking out. I mean, they're all chatting it up and joking around and stuff. And I appreciate that. That's common on Amazing Race Cam. Not always, as we saw two seasons ago. <laughs> but we're seeing it this season, I think, where everybody's like, I think there was a few episodes ago where Tyler was like, we're going to fight it out and I'll try to win. This is when they had that um, time on the beach. But then we'll hang out and drink beers afterwards or whatever. Maybe not wine for everyone. But beers, you know, or other non-alcoholic devices, really. <laughs> but regardless, you know, the roadblock showed that up front. Even as some teams worked together, some teams struggled, and especially Tyler and Kayleen, um, you know, she was really struggling. She got there first, which kind of made it tougher for her. I think. Yeah, I, mean, I, I bet Cat will drink the wine, but other oh yes, will make not for <laughs> beer. Yeah, so I think we need to talk a little bit about this Tyler and Kayleen situation, because this was a little bit hard to watch. This is something we've not seen out of this team. And I would dare to, I would dare to say not out of most amazing race Canada teams in general. So we see this very one-sided decision. Tyler's watching Kayleen struggle with this and kind of missing that clue that you need to take it apart after you've put it together. And instead of, Instead of being encouraging and assuming that she's going to eventually grasp it, he immediately makes the one-sided decision to use the express pass. And in that moment, she doesn't feel supported and she doesn't feel like he has any faith in her as a racer. And I think that's got to be really, really hard. You see her get very emotional in a confessional uh, describing this incident. So I want to get your take on this, Dan. Like, was it fair play to make the decision to use the express pass when your partner is struggling. I think there's kind of two elements to it. Well, I mean, one, two, the fact that she got so emotional and cried going into a commercial break and that was filmed. You would think well after it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they don't sit them down and film it. That's what I found interesting in a sense, because a lot of times somebody might get upset, but they, I mean, she was very emotional and I don't know when they might've filmed that after next week or something, you know, depending on what happens. So that's one element of it. I don't, I mean, so if you just talk strategically, I don't think there was a problem using the express pass as a team deciding there to use it. It was a little early in the leg, but overall it's like, okay, she's struggling. We got this to use. Why not? We're in the lead. Let's stay in the lead. That's, that's okay. And I don't, I get, it's a little tricky because I don't want to be too tough on him. We're seeing an edited TV show, but obviously the way he acted made her very upset. And I think the big thing was, if he had gone to her and said, look, we're not going to get this. We've seen this plenty of times with, you know, we're not going to get this. Why don't we just use the express pass? You know, and she, and she might've said, I'll try it one more time or whatever. But I think he was just like in game mode and going, you know, but there was things she said too about, I don't always feel supported. And I think it hit her hard because of who knows why, but there was, you know, it just was hard to watch. Like you said, cause I mean, I don't know anything about their relationship or anything. They seem to have a really great relationship. But the way he acted, um, I don't know. It's a tough one to really diagnose because it's like the last thing I want to do is be like, I'm like, how dare he do this? But obviously it had an impact, which was tough to watch. 
Yeah, I think there are a lot of message board Reddit crusaders who are very eager to diagnose something or to point out the flaws in this relationship based on this one moment. Um, And this, you're right, Dan, this is not a dynamic we've seen out of them before. And I think there are a few, there are a few ways I think I would like to see him handle it differently, but I can also appreciate that in the moment it was probably very stressful. And I think it's, especially once you've seen another team make that call and, and use their express pass, it's like, well, now there's a team that's definitely going to be very far ahead of you. If you figure it out right now, which she was not close to figuring it out at that point in his, in his view. But I think at that, you at least have to float it to her. And I know there's like a lot of rules around, there's a lot of rules around what you can and cannot say to your partner while they are performing roadblock. And I wonder if he was maybe trying to be a little bit careful around that because we've seen teams take a penalty because their partner inadvertently helps them with the roadblock. And I wonder if he was worried that talking any kind of game strategy at all was going to end up in a penalty for them. And then at that point, it's like you're behind and you have a, however many minutes to forward to in a penalty. I don't know. I'm spitballing here. That seems like a bit of a reach, but it's also something we've even seen it on Amazing Race Canada in the past. So I think it's it's possibility that he was worried about he was worried about being deemed to have helped her with the roadblock somehow on the other hand right finish the roadblock how does that even count as helping if he had said something even because that's the thing with them all standing right there all he had to say was one word disassemble and that would have been helping so he might and he might have thought um that he couldn't even like go up to her really and and like discuss it with her like almost you think about the old way it used to be with tennis before now they let him coach on the court where it used to be like, you know, if the coach even made a weird signal or did something, they would catch them or whatever. So maybe the rules were very strict. Whether they would have enforced them is another question. But the st- rules were like, you may not talk to your partner. You may not yeah. say anything to them. Now, granted, the rules probably did not it did not include you saying, hey, um, you want to use the express pass? I don't know why they'd ever be penalized for that. But maybe he was really thinking. The, the thing was that made it tougher to watch, though, was then. She got very upset and then they showed them in the car and he was not backing down at all. He was still like, I made a strategic decision. Now, granted, we didn't see, they could have been arguing for an hour before we saw that and back and forth. And he apologized. And then all we saw was him saying enough, we're done. So that was tough too. And then they cut to her crying in the confessional. So the way it was edited, I mean, not to pick on the editors, the way it was edited um, at least didn't do a lot of favors, but and I'm not saying it was edited falsely. It's just that we can only go by what we see. And what we saw was not a lot of um, apology or anything like that. Yeah. And he seems like the kind of person that if he was concerned about that, he definitely would have brought that up. Like there is no reason for him to be continuing to be in game bot mode here. Like if that had been something he'd be worried about, he should have said to her immediately, look, 
I was worried that we would end up taking a penalty if I tried to explain it to you in the moment. So I thought it was better for us to just get out of there and keep moving. But that was not the that was not the way that seemed to go for him. No. He seemed much more concerned in like asserting his dominance as a good racer. And I don't know that that was terribly helpful either. So I hope they bounce back, but I think it was it was a pretty rough time for them all around. Um, so now we get to, uh, we, I think, is there anything else we need to point out about the, about the roadblock? I mean, get some product placement in there. It's, yeah, it's a good task. It's interesting to watch. Yeah, I, I don't mind this kind of product placement too much. I mean, granted, we've had a lot of car tasks, but no, I mean, there was, we talked already about Devin working with Ty and that helped both of them get it. You know, there's a lot of people talking about, you know, what they've done with, with cars, you know, Devin played with cars in high school. Ty worked on cars with his dad and Kat's dad. And then of course, um, Jazz Paul took auto mechanics in grade nine, got a, got a C and I could see why <laughs> that was the only other thing I really yeah. noticed. Oh, and Ben and Anwar did, tried to pull a rip and read there that I heard. Them <laughs> say. You know, Don't do that guys. No, that that's no. not your thing. Don't do that. Yeah. It's nobody's <laughs> so thing. I, I do promise <laughs> that thing belongs to nobody. <laughs> nobody but no that was really it i mean we've covered that was the biggest moment was with tyler and kayleen and um yeah then we went on to detour or deter here <laughs> or there okay dan we need to stop down before we even talk about what this task is how do you feel about ambiguous detour names because you know amazing race us does it all the time with this or that and i don't mind it once in a while but here or there this is not even trying, Dan. This is not even deliberately saying this is ambiguous. It's just like we couldn't be bothered to come up with something. Am I right? I don't know. To me, this is very similar to this or that. I know it's different words, but it's basically the same thing. I was very confused by John's whole, then you have to drive 30 minutes. Then you have to, or 30, you know, I think it was 30 minutes. Then you drive, and I was like, I don't understand what he's even saying right now. He's showing me the map and I'm very confused. Um, I don't know. And this particular leg, again, when you have so many tasks, I feel like, sure, let's make, let's throw them off and have this blind detour. Let's do this. Whereas, I mean, the detour tasks themselves, uh, I don't know, especially one of them. But um, it's one of those where, so Jess, this is the question I have for you. So this is kind of, again, I hate to bring up tennis, but tennis, the whole spin, they do up or down and you have to pick. That's when you play tennis. So what is the psychology here when you're thinking about, because I think unless you're a really good rower, here was the right choice rather than there. There, if you're a really good rower, you can go faster. Or sculler, you can go faster. If you're not, you can't. But let's just say you see here or there. Do you think, is the show going to put the harder one at here? Or because everyone probably wants to just pick the second one. But is that reverse psychology where here is actually easier? What do you pick there? Well, Dan, we've seen it a million times where you've had two detour options and one of them turns out to be very easy, but it's harder to get to. And then one of them is easy to get to, but the task itself is more challenging. And I think this is what they were trying to point to. But honestly, it seemed to me that in a vacuum, they were probably equally difficult uh, it seemed like people did get the flower one. It was very attention to detail. I think we saw people get it wrong a few times and it, you could have been there for, you could have been there for 45 minutes or even longer 
And, you know, at the top of this one, you do have to drive a little bit. And it's funny, we always talk about how we wish we knew where things were relative to each other. And we're pulling out Google Maps sometimes in the middle of the podcast. So it's funny to hear you say that watching this on the map made you more confused, not less. It was just the way he explained it, because I was like, he said 30 minutes, then 30 minutes. Like, wait, is he still talking about because because you had to drive to one place. Then they told you what it was. Then you had to actually go to this other place is the way I understood it. But maybe I was just lost a little bit there with John. It's John's fault. I have to say it's not my fault. Oh, I, I understand. John. It's John. It's John's fault. But let me wait before we proceed. I have to tell you, were you aware that? with certain types of phones done by Samsung that you can actually one, take a 360 degree video and two, you can send it to other people and they can look at it, including someone who's in the same building that could have just walked over and looked at your flowers. Can you believe that they can do that? That's incredible, Dan. I, I did not, I did not know you could do a 360 photo. Um, and wow. I, it makes me want to throw my iPhone out the window and get a Samsung right now. <laughs> I can't do that. I mean, of course not. <laughs> yeah, I don't so, mean to veer us off here. So, proceed. no, I, I just I did pull up Google Maps just now because that's what we do on this podcast. It's riveting podcasting to listen to someone typing and pulling this up. And turns out that um, if we want to be totally results oriented about this, you really are going out of your way to do the rowing task. If you're thinking about the next thing you have to do as getting to the winery, like it is. It does seem to me that it is a little bit out of the way here. Uh, I'm trying to figure out where the flowers uh, are relative to everything where, else. So where did they do the road? They were in Pelham. With the water. Yeah. The, the, well, I think the water was in Welland um, because that right. was. Yeah. And Pelham is actually slightly north of there um, where the flowers were. And so that was. And then way up between St. Catharines and Niagara Falls is the winery. So you are actually slightly closer if you're doing the flowers. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, because they were at Pelham or Welland, and then they went to the the last two tasks, the roadblock and the final route info, were both in Niagara-on-the-Lake. So that's where yeah. you were going. Well, both cases. The, the winery yeah. is actually, it's on highway 405 it's like just uh no it's not it's just north of highway 405 like in between st Catharines and niagara falls mm -hmm. so then you continue north to niagara on the lake we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth we made this curse, carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see, we could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today 
at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So interesting. If people, if, so it really came down to, I mean, it did not help Durpol, though they did finish it and came together. Though they did get to the, I mean, we're jumping ahead to the final task ahead not in last but then they struggled there but doing i feel like here was probably the right move based on geography unless you were really good at rowing a double skull that's what I was yeah saying. and here's the thing dan there are some tricks to it and I, I got to feel like this was maybe a slumdog millionaire kind of leg for me for a couple of reasons we'll get into but Actually, I did crew for one term in high school and I was never very good at it. But there were a few things like you can get that basic motion down in a few minutes. And there are a few little challenges that if you know how to get over those, you can actually do pretty well um, in a boat. But there were a couple of things that Durple just they were not getting. And it was just because they'd never done it before. They'd probably never even seen it done before because i'll say you know out where they're from we don't not big rowers typically it's a very east coast kind of thing um but i did notice them a couple of times dipping their oar way too deep and when you do that you do something it's called catching a crab and it's like it the water grabs your oar and kind of flings it back and it makes it very hard for you to get any kind of momentum going but the other thing they weren't doing is they weren't calling out to each other to get into a rhythm and that's the most important thing you have to do when you're rowing with another person is you have to be in sync with each other and once you can do that you have the basic motion of the rowing down you can probably knock that race out pretty quickly yeah and part of the problem too is that they fell over at the dock and that cost some time and then they i mean they had a time where i think then they fell over again but then they almost made it. So when they, I mean, again, going by the edit, the time they almost made it, they were doing fine. They just got started slow and then they made it with a little bit of time to spare. 
But it's hard because they were the only team that did it because Ty and Cat showed up there and used their express pass at that point. So the only team that did. So we have like it would have made I would have been able to tell better of how they did if another team that also didn't really know what they were doing showed up and then did they did better or worse. So without it, we just had to look at them like, wow, they were bad. But I don't know if they lost that much time because they were not they didn't have an express fast. So they already were not doing well. They were they were not doing that great after the roadblock. So it wasn't like they were way ahead and just fell apart. They kind of just stayed where they were. Yeah, it ended up not really. It was kind of a wash. Um, it could have been a lot worse, honestly. Like if they'd flipped over again, it would have been game over. Well, actually, it wouldn't have been game over for anybody because nobody's going home this week. <laughs> um, yes, no one's going home for until. The very end of next episode, I have a feeling. But, you know, t- we don't know that. We don't know that. Yeah, we, so. do, we don't know that, but we do know that. Um, yes. <laughs> but uh, the other the one other thing I wanted to point out in the detour is I want to talk about the the splitting up of the labor. And this took me a second and I was about to get really indignant about this. So we have Ben and Anwar proposed to Tyler and Kayleen that they work together. And they, yeah, since you have to do three bouquets, they could each do one bouquet separately like they're like i'll do one for you you do one for me and i'm like well wait a minute isn't that the exact same amount of work and then i was like but wait what if that means you could just like take a picture of the same bouquet and send it to the judge that would make me really mad (laughs) but it it seems like it's more like you just while you're picking your flowers you just get two of everything uh but it was a little bit of you know I've, i've I've been traveling. I've not really slept in the last couple of days. I was getting some like unjustified righteous indignation here. So that's where we were at with that. And the working together ended up, I think it did help them, but it, it kind of seems like it was just a lot of very tiny little details that everybody struggled with. Yeah. And they worked together, but then they got one of them wrong. Yeah. The third bouquet seemed to be the one that everyone got wrong, but in different ways. It wasn't the same way that the another team later missed it. Yeah, so it's, um, it's weird. Yeah, it was weird. It's well, and it, also I'm glad it was the one they were all working together on because it would be one thing to do a bouquet for yourself and get it wrong, but it would be something else entirely if you got it wrong and then the one you made for somebody else was also wrong. Um, <laughs> although maybe this is 4D chess, Dan. Like, what if you say, okay, I'm going to go make your bouquet for you. I'm going to make mine for me. And then we'll trade. This is some scorpion in the toad business. It's like, oh, (laughs) here's your bouquet. Oh, sorry. I missed the little purple thingy. Mine's perfect. Bye. That would have been. Oh, I must have dropped it. That's too bad. That's like um, young Boston Rob kind of stuff. You know? Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) Austin Rob would have done that. Oh, if he could. Teams wouldn't want to work with them, though. After one time, they'd be like, no, no, we're not. We're not going to work with you. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know. Ron and Kelly would have worked with them, though. Yeah. Ron and Ron would have fallen for it. I will say. He would have. He would have. (laughs) Um, Patrick and Susan would have fallen for it, too. But yeah, Patrick would have been like, you're letting us work with you. Oh, my gosh. This is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We're rivals. No. No. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, yeah, so I found that interesting. Also, too, like I said, the show really seemed invested. I I was amazed when they were like, we're really going to have to break up this alliance. 
It's like it started 30 minutes ago or an hour ago. <laughs> what is the deal? You said you never really talked to each other. Both teams, they showed the clip of them talking about breaking up. And they had even said when they aligned, we'll do it for this task and then we'll go our separate ways. So they knew that was going to happen. What What is going on, Jess? <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was like they're asking us to get invested in a showman's only for the showman's to implode. Uh, like this is, I need more, I need more drama than that. Um, but I, it was pretty funny. And I, you know, with these alliances, there's only so much you can do. And especially once you hit a point where you're kind of fighting out, fighting your way out of last place, you do have to stop working with other teams or you helping another team is just going to help them stay in and you go home. So I think maybe every alliance should only be good for the first half of any given leg. Yeah, we don't want like a backpack situation from Amazing Race 10 where yeah. not only was that happening, but I, the viewers were just like, oh my gosh, we can't take this anymore. Please, please stop. Or I'm trying, I know there's been some other ones where teams helped, but like, you know, we saw with Jason and Amy, but they helped mm-hmm. always knowing, I think, that we're still going to be ahead of yeah, we don't need to worry. So there's that. There's kind of different types of helping, but as long as you're you're not doing the um, we're gonna stay in our car and wait because we're nice while you're trying to go to the pit stop, then it's good. Both yeah. teams seem to be in it with their eyes open. Nobody got mad. Nobody took the flower pot and like slammed it on the ground or did took the harvester and crashed it into the water things or whatever. <laughs> which that might have been entertaining actually, but no. We're nice people here in Canada. We don't do that. No, we're really, I mean, with the exception of, of one team in Amazing Race History, everybody's at least been nice. Yeah, mostly uh, nice. Yeah, mostly nice. Yeah, I and I think there's a lot of reasons you might go in with another team. Like one, just to get you both further in the race. Another one is if you help a team you like, then a team you don't like is going to suffer. So I like I like the spite help. That's a good one. Um, if you're lonely because you don't have any friends left and you just need someone to keep you company, that's also valid. So in theory, yeah, not, not, not actually happening. Just, just not actually happening. Just a theory. Yes. All right. Anyway, onto the roadblock, which I really love this, Dan, this is my controversial, amazing race, hot take. I would love to see more of the, you do one roadblock and then your partner has to do the other one. You can't do it every leg because then you can start to strategize for it. But I love this like surprise. It's another roadblock. And now the dead weight has to perform. This is great. <laughs> yeah, no, I like it too, because I feel like um, it, it makes it where the teams that are most balanced. Hey, Ty and Kat, there you are. The teams that are most balanced have no problem with this type of thing because they're like, I can do this. I've never done this before. I can do this. And granted, then you and then you have Derek. I mean, not that Jasphal was so good at the cars either. Derek's just dumping water all over the place, basically, just anywhere but in the bucket. But I like it when they change it up, and I like it when we see this because we often see this in the premiere and the finale. But having it just in legs in the middle is good, and especially when like a US would have two roadblocks and be like, "We're done. That's all we're doing." But you have it with a detour and two other tasks. That's what I want. I want them to be guessing and them to keep thinking they're just going to keep throwing things at us. Who knows what's next? Yeah, I think it really kept them on their toes. And it was really fun also 
because I, there was a lot of calculus done with the first roadblock, like who should be doing it? Who do we, what do we think it is? And who's going to be better at this? And then it's like, the, this one is chosen for you. So you don't get a chance to say who we think is going to be better than, you know, who's going to be good at heavy machinery. Or they're going to look at the clue and says, who's a high roller. And it's going to be like, Oh wow. Are we gambling? You can gamble in Niagara Falls. I guess we could do that. Um, so I thought it was a pretty well done task. And it's also like, it kind of scratches that toughest nails itch too. Like when are oh, we yeah. going to a winery for toughest <laughs> nails? Is that going to happen? I, I got to get on the horn to Phil and suggest like, this is a great location for tough as nails themed tasks. When tough as nails Canada, I mean, they're doing tough as nails, Australia, Jess, when's tough as nails Canada coming. I don't well, know. Phil. Dan, I got to tell you, I think you're late to the party. Tough as nails this past season, season five of tough as nails was tough as nails Canada because they filmed in and around Hamilton, Ontario. See, we're in Ontario now. This is a great location. If we ever want to come back here and they had a good number of Canadian contestants. So, oh, I, yeah, I am behind. I, I'm still in the middle of season four. I think, yeah, I've watched all the first three all the way through. Yeah. But yes. This is so international brotherhood at its finest. Excellent. Well, I know that. I mean, they've had Canadian contestants on Survivor and they've been, you know, been a lot more just mixing it up. But I didn't realize they shot there. That's really interesting. But um, yes, I did think when this was going on with the harvesters, I was like, wow, it's like a tough as nails test just work out. I mean, granted, they would have made them do more than just dump some water in there. And especially thanks to the kind folks at Desjardins, a lot of the teams, three of the teams didn't even have to do that. Four of the teams, excuse me, four of the teams. Sorry, Jermaine and Tyler. But, um, and it, Tyler did not have a problem. I think he would have loved it if he could just do like 12 buckets. Well, everyone else did too, basically. But, um, you know, it was, it was fun. There's not that much to say really beyond Derek, just being seeming really bad. Then all of a sudden being done, there wasn't that much here beyond just people going, wow, a harvester is kind of tricky, but not that tricky. Yeah. It seemed like everybody got the hang of it pretty quickly. And I think the only reason that the two teams who did not use the assist didn't use it was because they already had at certain points. Yes. And I, everybody was pretty jealous that they didn't get you. So is this, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, is this the last week you can use it? Yes. They said that at yeah. the beginning of the leg. So yeah. That, why wouldn't you? Oh, that's why they all did. But yeah. Tyler didn't cause Tyler used his when he was hanging off of that right. tree and he, and then right. Jermaine, and Jermaine and Justin it, used theirs on the golf balls, which in hindsight, they already had the penalties. It didn't really matter, but they didn't know that at the time. They were no. just like, we got to get out of here. So that was the only two that we have seen used, which makes me wonder if in the future, if, um, I mean, because I think the assist was a good thing, but they might need in the future to, um, I don't know, because teams just, because the way this season was with the top teams staying up top and the bottom teams mostly being kind of way in the bottom, you didn't see as much like uncertainty where teams were like, like, you didn't have a case where you had five teams running for the finish and they had to use the assist. But I wonder if there's a tweak they got to do, or maybe they have it go further into the season. Why not? I guess they didn't want to make it too powerful beyond this, but it, you know, at least go another leg or two. Well, I think this was also the point at which you had to get rid of your express pass. So right. this was going to be advantage getting either way you slice it, but maybe the answer is, you get to hang on to one of those for one additional leg. 
Like if we made the express pass expire next week, I think maybe that makes it a little bit less advantage heavy, but I thought it it made it kind of more exciting to see mm-hmm. so many people dropping those express passes in rapid succession. So, you know, it was fine. Um, and of course I've also got on record as saying like, I think we should have, if we're going to have advantages like this, everybody gets one. Like it's like the assist, but it's like, okay, everybody gets an express pass. Everybody gets the thing. Um, everybody gets one hidden immunity idol. I think that's fun. Um, and I, I like the assist. I hope it comes back. I hope if they don't, if they don't get Desjardins to come back again, we can get somebody else to sponsor the assist. Um, I hope they, they, there's a lot of branding opportunity here. So, um, let's keep the assist around. I think it, I think it was a worthwhile addition to the program. I agree. Yeah. (laughs) But so now we got to get to my favorite part of the episode um, because this is the task where I could have at one point in my life, I guess I should say, Dan, I would have been <laughs> a rock star at this. Like I would have been like cat. I would have swept it on the first try um, because this is something that again, I have like just enough above average knowledge in this field to be annoying, much like <laughs> rowing, I guess. So, so we're going up to Niagara on the lake and we're going to the, we're going to continue in the wine theme and we're going to have to arrange six glasses of wine based on the bouquet inside the wine. So, you know, bouquets again, um, like they have to smell the wine and figure out what it smells like and put the glasses next to the things it smells like. And this was a really fun one. I like, I've liked those classic amazing race tasks. Like, Amazing Race Canada did them a lot in the first few seasons where you'd have to like taste different kinds of sausage and then run across and match the different types of sausage that you just tasted um, to like sausages on a board was one of them. Or I think there was one with cheese one time because then there was a team that was really bad at it and had to just keep eating cheese. (laughs) Um, But this was... This was fun. This was tied to the area and it really threw some teams, but it wasn't impossible. Um, and I, Dan, is this something you have any experience with? Um, I mean, I've been to a, a few wineries, but I will tell you that um, I don't know. I don't think I have the world's best sense of smell in general and being able to distinguish scents. I mean, there was that task, I think about season four with Jillian and Emma with the plants where they had to smell the plants and then go somewhere and Mm -hmm. she just melted down completely. It was near the end of the season. And I think about that because this was really like you mentioned. I mean, it helped. uh, You saw with Ben, it helps to know the basics like, okay, you take a sniff, then you, um, oh my gosh, I'm not. Then you twirl the wine in a circle. I don't even know the right terms. Um, And then you smell it more. And so they finished super fast too. So knowing something helped, but like you said, it would not, it was not impossible. But I think that what happened to the teams at the back too, is that they tried to rush where they were just like, oh, we can just throw these together. And you saw this thing with the red glasses where like they had all six wrong. Then they had all six wrong again. And they just kept doing it. And, um, but I would not do well, Jess. I mean, sure. I would love to say that I could identify the difference between like an apple pie and a pineapple and a flower. 
but I just feel like this would not be one I would do well. I'm just not that great at it. But I did enjoy the judge too. I have to mention here too <laughs> was just not having. I think at one point they were missing so much that the judge had recorded a bunch of these like different phrases, like wrong. <laughs> that is not correct. That is not the order. And they just put the camera in front of her and said, "Just record like fifteen of them." And then we're just going to cut them in because they were so well, bad. You know, she was done. <laughs> yeah, she was not. Um, I, I I guess we can. We can hand it to the Amazing Race Canada. They are using actual people that are affiliated with the organization and not bringing someone in from central casting. So props to them for that. I think she was really trying hard, but you can always tell when someone has pre-taped all of their right or wrong reaction shots. And yeah, this was pretty egregious. <laughs> um, so I, I want to hear little... more. Hey, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. I have to give a little shout out. Yeah. Like, well, I had a message. I saw this thing once. I saw this. Um, I saw this soundboard that somebody had made once of um, it was all Alex Trebek saying um, nice things. So it was like, good job. Good for you. Well done. <laughs> it was very fun to play with. It, it, it makes you feel good. To have those positive affirmations. And so I sure we could do a similar one with a task judge just telling you you're wrong in 50 different ways. <laughs> That is not the correct order. I'm sorry, but that is still incorrect. I am sorry, but that's wrong. I am sorry, but there's still the wrong order. Or, you know, there's variate, there's a million variations. Like yeah. they could get really clever and be like, your wine is not up to snuff or you know, <laughs> something ridiculous. Like, you know, your nose is, not, I don't, I don't know. But regardless, you would have done very well though. So what's the trick here? If somebody is not a wine drinker, What's the trick to make them get do well? Oh, well, back in 2012, I went to Argentina and visited. I'm going to give a shout out to Belasco de Bacadano, Belasco de Bacadano Vineyard in Mendoza. And they have something called an aroma room. And so you go, you tour the winery, you can see where they grow the grapes, you can see how they make the wine. And then you go down into this room that has all these little glass vials. And an explanation of what kinds of wine typically have this sort of flavor palette. And then you can smell, you can smell the different scents and you can then go and smell the wines that have the different scents associated with them. And you can start to pick up like what notes go with what types of wine. And it really gives you a good foundation to then go up and like taste all of their wines and get a sense of like, what are the different things to look out for in the different types. So it was something that I got into to an annoying degree for a little while. And I could tell you a lot about Malbec at one point in my life. And then of course, uh, COVID wrecked my sense of smell for nine months and I don't know that it's fully back. So maybe I would be bad at this task now, but uh, it, brought me right back to that aroma room. It was one of the most fun things we did on that trip. And I still, if you send me out and tell me to go buy a bottle of wine, I'm invariably going to come back with a bottle of Malbec from somewhere in Argentina. So that is my story about, about sniffing wines. And I think I like to think I would have done okay with this. And Kat probably has some similar visit somewhere in her, in her background, because she really, she nailed it. And it was fun to watch. It was not quite as fun to 
as watching people get things wrong, but it was still oh, pretty fun. Always fun to watch. And even what I said earlier about um, Durple, still fun to see them get things wrong when yeah. they're not really trying. When they're just like, <laughs> put it here. Okay, put it here. And, and again, then I am reading the judge, even though it's a cut, like a shot that's put in, the judge going, oh, these guys. Oh, man. <laughs> and then Devin's just making fun of him, and Devin and Amanda yeah. get it, and Devin's just like, good job, Derek. Good job. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, Devin, Devin. Devin, like, chirping at him. Uh, like straight, he was straight yeah. chirping, and it was really funny. Uh, and it, because oh. they were getting genuinely annoyed by it, and you saw, I think also this was like the most, this is the most real that Derek and Jasper have been this entire time, is because you genuinely pissed them off, and they can't be funny about it because they're just mad. Right, he's just looking back at him, no quip back, nothing, just like, really, dude. Really, I get, you know, or something. And I'm like, oh, there's there's the person. But yeah, so Ty and Kat finish first. Um, Kat, I think, is, I mean, Ty is good at things, but Kat is like, re- makes every task she's done roadblock-wise look pretty easy. Even more than Ty. She's, he's good. She's very good. Ben and Anwar get second. The two teams with the express passing and the assist, both of them do that. Tyler and Kayleen were busy running towards the fort. And then Jess, to be continued. To be yeah. continued. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, no. What is happening? We haven't. Uh, no, it really didn't bother me that much because there was so much I liked this leg. It didn't bother me as it would have been if we had some of our earlier legs this season have been to be continued. I would have been upset. Yeah. Yeah. And I think. We all know what's going to happen, right? We know this is a keep on racing leg. And this is something like they've called them to be continued legs, I think, since the inception of Amazing Race Canada. And I think we've even seen the to be continued screen pop up before. It's certainly, it's not without precedent, but boy, is it ever aggravating. I think in Amazing Race US, what they typically do at this point is the first person to check in, Phil is like, oh, by the way, you're not done. You're still racing. He pulls the clue out from like under his shirt or something, and then they have to keep going. Um, But this one, they're really coy about it as if we don't know, like we're not going to go into an episode. And in the first five minutes next week, they're going to be like, I'm sorry to tell you, you've been eliminated from the race. That's not how it happens. Not to mention, we saw all the teams racing in the previews for next week. (laughs) The previews for the rest of the season. Yes. Which I did not study too much, though. Um, I have a guess if he gets eliminated, but I won't say it. Mm. But no, just, no, no, um, no, 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 now you're gonna no. have to because you brought no, it up. No, I can't because I it was based on who we saw a lot in the in the rest of the season and who mm. we didn't see much of. And I don't want to, you know, some people don't even watch those, those are the worst, they give away tons of things. And I only watched it well twice, I watched it was twice, but I didn't like study it, but I'm just guessing. But I could totally be wrong. Really, though, there's like three or four teams you see a ton of. So there's probably several options for next week. But I, and again, I don't think it matters who was in last at the end here because that, like it usually works is they're going to get bunched up on two buses or something like that. Because I should mention when we saw it at the end, we had Derek and Jasphal, Jermaine and Justin both still doing the wine when it ended. So in theory, you could say those are the two teams in danger. But considering that they're going to be a whole nother leg, who knows where it'll end up. 
Yeah. And I think they did that very deliberately. Like from what I understand, the pit stop was not very far from the wine, but they did make a meal out of Tyler and Kayleen being somewhat lost. And so I wonder if maybe we are meant to take from that, that they're the ones that end up in last place. Um, But it's hard to say. It's hard to say, but I think we are pretty well assured that everybody's going to be doing something next week. Like nobody's getting the boot in minute five. Well, no, because then, then the end of next week will be not elimination and we'll all get mad again. So no, or what if they're sending two teams home? Well, yeah, they're pulling one of those like, um, yeah, this is a non-elimination, but next week is a double. Sorry, Ethan and Jenna, you're not going to be around, but no, they're not going to pull anything weird like that this time. Like amazing race 20, if I remember correctly, or yeah. you know, in the low twenties, there was that one really weird thing. Oh, don't want to get back into that. Yeah, that was but 20. Just, don't. Yeah. <laughs> there was a whole, there's a whole thing with that, as you know, better than anyone. But um, yeah, so I mean, they needed. I had a feeling. We even talked about it last week, that uh, or two weeks ago, that this episode seemed likely that it could be nomination. I also think the show probably doesn't want the express passes to totally lead to someone getting eliminated on the last time they could use it. So they foresaw this and they said, "This is the leg with all the assists and the express passes. If they're not used." We don't really want a situation where one team, just because they don't have an express pass, gets eliminated or an assist. Because like we said, the two last teams, one of them had the assist. I mean, two last teams at the end of this. One, neither one had the express pass. One had neither. So it it was playing a role. And maybe the show doesn't want it to be so powerful. Yeah, I could see. Well, I think they're trying things out, Dan. I think they're going to... They might nerf one of these things a little bit next season, but they're seeing how it worked. And I don't think it was a total failure of an experiment. It's not like, you know, it's not like they're Amazing Race US trying to incorporate the face off. Um, <laughs> it's like, oh, we can't head call it a face off because we don't. Yeah, we don't play hockey down here in the US, apparently, um, despite all evidence to the contrary. So we got to call it something different and we can't call it a double battle either because that's just weird. And we're going to stick it in weird places on the leg where it doesn't, where it completely swaps up the order of everything and doesn't give anybody a chance to bounce back. That's what we're going to do. But I digress. Do you want to get into some questions for this week? Oh, sure. Let's do that. And we're so, we're so mean to the U.S. And a lot of our complaints aren't even going more to the most recent seasons. It's always like, I don't know, they always seem to go back to two or three seasons ago. But let's get into some of the questions. I'll quickly, we did have a question about the to be continued from Gyro GH that basically asked, is this the first ending with the signed episode? I'll just grab this one real quick. Um, I have noticed that, no, they do do this pretty frequently, typically with keep on racing legs. Like you said, often with the U.S., it'll be when Phil hands out the clue. Sometimes they used to do it at the end, but it's often with the first team. And then we have had some times where the the one that I can see that kind of feels a little like this is um, there was one with the Cowboys where they were doing a puzzle and it was like, will the Cowboys make it next week? And then they cut there and it also ended up being a keep on racing or something like that. I think that was, I'm trying to remember if that was unfinished business or if that was, um, the season that won't be named if, at that point. <laughs> I can't remember which one. I think it was on business. Yeah. Because they were coming in so hot because they had done so well in their previous season. 
But just, I mean, they've they've tried to tinker with the format sometimes, but usually it's around the time somebody checks in, and then at some point we get it to be continued. That's how we usually see it. Yeah, I think that's typically that's typically how that seems to go, and in, in my recollection as well. Okay, let's see. Um, we we addressed some of these questions. I think we did get a lot of questions about the assist. Um. But I, this actually, this is going to segue really nicely into something that I did want to discuss with you, Dan. So we got a question from the great Matthew Bayless on Twitter asks us, did race planners add in extra tasks because they knew so many teams would skip so many tasks and have tasks? Also, great express pass used by Tide Cap. That's neither here nor there. Capital H, capital T. Oh, so, Matthew. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good one. You got us. So, yeah, Dan, what do you think about this? Like, do you think that there was some amount of padding added in here because they knew that this was a leg where people were going to be skipping? You know, well, one, I'd say yes and no. Say one, they don't know for sure because we've seen plenty of past seasons with the express passes given out and teams are like, yay, we get to be first in leg three and they use it or something or, you know, the assist is a new thing. But the Express Pass doesn't always make it to the final one. I say that, though, with the fact that it often does. And so and also they had to assume that some people would still at least have the assist and there'd probably be an Express Pass or two. But the Amazing Race Canada, you know, I keep going back and forth there. The Amazing Race Canada already has a lot of tasks. So I think maybe they added in one more. here. Like maybe they decided we really want to do two roadblocks. Let's do it here. But I don't think they went too crazy, but they may have thought we'll do four or we'll do, you know, we're going to do a fifth one. Let's make it a roadblock or let's make it a little more complicated or let's do our here nor there where they have to travel more. So they probably tweaked it a little bit. I don't think it was dramatic. What do you think, Jess? Yeah, I don't think they necessarily assumed that we were going to see a lot of tasks getting skipped. And this doesn't seem like a crazy amount of tasks more than what we get in a typical Amazing Race Canada leg. But it was something I was thinking about a lot when you, when it comes to planning, like what types of tasks you're going to have in any given leg, the fewer teams you have, the more exciting the task has to be because you're going to end up having to spend more time with the teams there. And I wonder, like if we're now in this kind of, this kind of era where you don't have to have, you know, one roadblock, one detour and one route info, like back in the battle days. I wonder if we're going to see an amazing race where we have fewer detours toward the back half of the race just for like budgetary reasons, because, you know, they've made a lot of like small adjustments to the race to cut those financial corners, like, you know, using charter flights and not having teams book a lot of their own transportation, cutting down the timeline significantly. So a lot of those U.S. Amazing Races legs were keep on racing legs secretly. Um, and I I could see there being a world where it's like, you don't want to have a detour because you run the risk of setting up an entire task that nobody goes to. And I think they... I think I've seen amazing races across the board try to account for that by either like making it so that you can't all do the same detour. Some of you have to go to the other one because there's only a certain number of slots. And 
this is this feels adjacent to that. It's like you have to think about the behavior of the racers and are they going to get your money's worth out of all of the tasks that you're putting in front of them? Now, that's a good point. And um, also with the show coming up with more different types of things, even like a face off, which I suspect we're going to see again. Who knows? Maybe next week, because they often do them at six. I mean, they sometimes do them at four. But those kind of things, and those are often fairly cheap, where they're like, hey, go play volleyball or go play darts or let's do something that's already in place, um, that that's another way they can do different things. But um, that's also why they stopped doing fast forwards on the U.S. especially or mm-hmm. almost stopped. Like they're like, here's our one fast forward or two was, again, they'd have these tasks where one team would go or two would go. I mean, with the Amazing Race Canada, I mean, I don't think they've really lately, it's been a long time since we've had, I mean, I, I would have to look up the last time they had a fast forward, but um, they often sometimes too, like we've seen where they might do several tasks within a mile or two of each other. That's another way to save money in itself is to do that. But I love just overall, I love the idea that they keep making them do more and especially, and you know, because we noticed it early in the season, you still got to make them somewhat interesting. And this week, I think, cover across that bar, but it doesn't always happen that way. But all these various things, too, like your express pass and assist and all that, can sometimes take up some time. That's what's interesting, is I feel like they have these different devices where they could easily waste time with people. Should we use it? Should we not? Should we use it? And they don't. They still have tons of tasks. It's almost like they... They're not concerned with, oh, we don't, we got to fill time. Instead, they're like, we'll figure it out. We're just going to have to do a bunch of things. Yep. I think that's, it's a pretty good rundown, but we got to make them do the bunch of things. Like we can't put a bunch of things there and then risk, run the risk of them not getting done. Yeah. So the, they've done the, the limited stations. We have not seen it this season, but they have done in the past the limited stations. But this season we have seen some episodes with no detours. And we kind of like, what is going on? But that is true. Like if you do two roadblocks and three root infos, they're going to do them all. So that that's you're not wasting it in a way. And maybe two, you don't have to make it this complicated because you can have it all. Hey, go down the street. Okay, go down this street. Or go down this street. Oh, we'll call it a different town because it's a different county or whatever. But it's all kind of a similar zone. Not to not to be too tough on them. So are there other questions? Do you feel like you've said all you have to say about the assist and how it rates? Because I know I talked about earlier. Yeah, I think I'm I'm good there. I did get I got a question, Dan. Um, They tagged me, but not you. So you're going to come in fresh. I'm going to get your get your unfiltered thoughts here. Um, Because this is more of a production question, and I don't know that I don't actually know the definitive answer to this. So I thought it'd be fun to speculate a little bit. Uh, So we got a tweet from a Duncan who said, I have noticed that when teams stop at a store for directions, a lot of times someone comes out before they can enter. Is this intentional? Is it so they don't have to blur all the product? Huh, that's interesting. Well, I know, you know, more production kind of than I do on this, but. That makes a lot of sense. You know, I also wonder sometimes, like, you know, if they come out, let's say there's other people in the store and Mm -hmm. then they'd have to also get releases from all those people or blur the faces. And we rarely see you see it sometimes, especially when you would see them like go to a big city in another country where they just cannot get releases from people where you'll see blurred faces or whatever. 
But here, when they're in mostly not in huge cities, I mean, they're in, I mean, meaning, you know, relatively speaking, that they may have a producer go in or, I don't know, if it's, you know, someone go in, whether it's whomever they send in normally to get releases, talk to the person and say, hey, sign this. Can you come outside? Or it could just be, I hate to say it, it could just be one of those things where people see a car pull up with cameras and they're like, what is going on? And they go outside to see what's happening. That could be part of it too, but it's probably not. that. Yeah. I mean, Dan, I think, I think you're hitting close to it because I think this does revolve around releases. I don't think it's necessarily because of the product in the store. I think in some cases, maybe a space constraint because you have four people because every amazing race team is actually four people. It's two contestants and a cameraman and a sound guy. And so you have four people charging in and recording everything that's going on. And that may be some kind of tight quarters there. So you might just get the person to step outside so that you don't have to worry about that. But I think it probably does have to do with like, there's other people in the store and you have to then get a release from every single person in the store. And I will say, I do not know if this is still the policy. I would guess it probably is. But as of season one of Amazing Race Canada, I got this information from Brett and Holly from season one, the racers were responsible for getting releases from everybody they talked to. Like they themselves had to circulate the release form. It wasn't a production thing. Like if production gets the person, like the task judges and everybody else, like those people sign releases given to them by the producers. But if you are approaching someone, it is apparently on you to get their signature on the release form. And what Brett told me was that they saved a lot of time over the course of the race by before they did anything at all with a person, they got them to sign the release so that they didn't have to waste time after they got directions or whatever. So I think this probably is related to, I need you to come out here and sign this release form and then give me directions, or I don't want to waste time with every single person in this gas station having to sign releases for them. It was it's probably more related to we can get this information really quickly, but I I do think we need to talk about maybe my favorite moment of this whole episode, which is kind of tangentially related. Um, and we talked about it a little bit up at the top of the episode, but I need to talk about the people that Ty and Kat found to give them directions to the pit stop. <laughs> Because this is one of my favorite things I've ever seen happen on Amazing Race Canada and the U.S. again would never. But the fact that these people not only knew exactly what show was happening, but were beyond thrilled. Like they are going to be talking about this for the rest of their lives. Like every time it's going to be like, oh, God, Barbara. (laughs) <laughs> we, we almost didn't even invite you to the barbecue because we just do not want to hear this story again about how these people from Amazing Race Canada asked you for directions. You got to show them where the pit stop was. I've heard this story 10,000 times. Please talk about something else. That's going to be them for the rest of their lives. Uh, but it was so great how giddy they were to get to be on camera helping racers. And you can tell they genuinely love the show. And it had to be so excited exciting to just have that knowledge that that was something that was coming up and you're going to you potentially get to see yourselves on tv um and the fact that they acknowledged that it was a thing that you know it's okay to be excited about this you don't have to just like live in this world where 
like this liminal space where the show that you are filming is not actually a cultural phenomenon in the world in which you are filming it. It was great to see them excited about it. That's all. Like maybe I'm overthinking it, but I thought it was really cool. No, I like that. I like, especially that's something we've seen here and a little bit on Australia that they kind of taken more like, this is our country's race, especially when Australia didn't leave Australia that season. This is, yeah. this is what we do. And you have people, but even this was beyond how it typically is, but it was fun. I like it when you see people getting excited and the racers, I think, respond to it. They're like, wow, okay, come with us. <laughs> and they're like, And then, you know, I forget if it was them or Ben and Anwar where they were like, oh, you guys are, have good cardio. The people were like running with them and they're like, yeah, you're keeping up or whatever. And um, that's fun, especially when you're in, you know, it's not a super busy packed area. There aren't a lot of people around. And this show you like, people come up and are like, I need to find this fort. And like, oh, yeah, I've been waiting for this for my, well, not my entire life. Because the Mariners Canada hasn't been on that long. But I've been waiting for this for 10 years or something to do this. And this is amazing. And it's awesome. Dad, I think it is fair to say if I ran into any iteration of The Amazing Race, I would have zero chill. So no, good on them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I actually, I don't remember if it was Tide Cats locals or Ben and Anwar's locals. It might have been Ben and Anwar's locals that were super excited about it. But at any rate, it's nice to it's nice to feel like the people like it, it made their entire lives to get to do it. Um, so that was that was just kind of a I, I think bookending the episode with like having someone call out that that people are representing communities on the race at the top of the leg. And then just like being straight up delighted that they get to participate in Canada's favorite summertime adventure. You know, it's all, it's all good. So is there anything else we need to bring up about the episode before we bring it home? No, no, I'm excited to see what's happening um, next week. And, um, you know, as to be continued, who knows, maybe they all get eliminated. Maybe only one team does. Maybe, no, we don't know anything. Yes, we know nothing, but um, it's exciting, and we're hitting a good home stretch and trying not to root too much for Derek and Jess Paul. But I'm sure next week they will make me not want to root for them again. So we'll, Damn, we'll the see what happens. wants what it wants. <laughs> <laughs> I can't control it. What can I say? But no, fun episode. Looking forward to where it goes. Yeah, hard same. So what else you got going on this week? Um, well, I just released a new interview on my podcast, the Tomorrow Society podcast, with a man named Kevin Sherbrooke, who worked for both Disney, Imaginary, and Universal on a bunch of cool attractions, and was very fun to talk with him. He's an architect and show set designer, so it was very cool. You can find that at wherever podcasts are, or go to TomorrowSociety.com. All right, good stuff, Dan. And I'm taking some well-deserved time off um, from the grind of podcasting i only do the fun podcasts right now but um i will be back as soon as the walking dead season starts up i'm sure and then right after that on its tails we've got amazing race us but until then dan it's just you and me talking about amazing race canada every week and we love to hear from you so please tweet us your thoughts while you're watching the episode and while you listen to the podcast you can tweet us at haymaker hattie and at the dan heaton we love to hear what's going on with uh, your take on the show and who you want to see win the whole thing and what you think of the structure and the tasks and it's really delightful i love getting everybody else's takes on the show 
in any given week. And so please keep those coming. And of course, any other TV shows you are watching, whether scripted or non-scripted, the Rob has a podcast slash post show recaps universe has you covered. Check us out for lots of stuff and not just Big Brother. I promise there's stuff on besides Big Brother. It's all out there. Pretty soon we will be, we will all be just living 24 seven in the Big Brother cinematic universe. Like if this writer strike goes on forever, that's all that's going to be happening forever. But until then, we've still got a lot of scripted TV to burn off. So join us over at Post Show Recaps to talk about scripted things and join us at Rob's Podcast to talk about the reality side. Um, thank you once again, Dan, for joining me on this adventure. And next week, here's the exciting part. My half of the podcast next week is coming from Canada. I will be podcasting um any of you listeners out there, if you're going to Whoop Up Days and or the Corn Festival, please get at me. Slide in my DMs. Let me know. would love to see anybody that's in the Lethbridge slash Tabor area. Be very fun. Um, I'm excited to get up to Canada. It's been quite a few years and I will be coming back with a carload of Robax and all dress chips. Um, but until then, everybody, have a great week and we'll see you next week for episode seven. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry Ooh, a book club computer solitaire huh Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.